You're listening to a DM podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you the podcast with the best banter, greatest gut feels, and most ridiculous narratives on planet Earth. Get ready to dominate the NRL fantasy season with the team from Top King League. Ah, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Sunday with two Kiwis and an Aussie. Brought to you by Game Day Squad. Create, coach, compete in fantasy footy. Be the coach and win. Download the app and play now. Now, the man we're going to bring in uh, as a replacement for Shooter tonight, probably just as annoyed about the Rabbitohs losing as we are the Warriors losing. Jason, how are you, bro? Yeah, kia ora koutou, boys. Uh, yeah, very disappointing about the Rabbitohs not getting up, but that's okay. Uh, we'll play next week because, as we know, South don't have a buy until round 16. Yeah, and the Warriors probably should have just carried on rather than gone into a by the way they looked. But, uh, <laughs> Jay Warrior, how are you, bro? I hear you went to the game and not too impressed. No, I'll probably cover over it a little bit more later. But, um, yeah, it's a nice place, Napier, and uh, met some awesome people. But uh, the game was a B-ludger. Yeah, not too uh, not too good, mate. They, uh, yeah, they didn't really perform too much, did they? And... Uh, yeah, a bit of a disappointing effort, but uh, probably made too many errors and, and a few bits and pieces. But uh, yeah, we'll get into that later. So uh, everyone, get your questions in. We'll, we'll answer them as soon as we, uh, we we cover off on a few bits and pieces. So we'll go through our studs, studs, a bit of a chat about uh, a couple of parts of the Rabbitohs game that Jason will, will give us a bit of a heads up on and, and a bit of Warriors chat and get some questions in from you guys. And uh, we'll go from there. So we'll go straight into it. And Jason, your stud of the round mate, Corey Horsburgh, had a killer game on the edge, 85 points, man. Yeah, he was absolutely sensational, the big red fire engine, uh, who was a captaincy candidate for me this week. I didn't go with him. We'll probably chat about that a bit later. But yeah, 85 points pre the final update. He had 45 tackles for zero misses, four tackle busts, two offloads, a turnover, two line breaks and a try. Like, that is just outstanding stuff from Big Red. And he was on absolute fire, pardon the pun, on the Matty John show, which I'll have to go back and watch the rest of that because, uh, yeah, he's an absolute ripping bloke. But the thing I loved about Horsper is we saw great agility from him out on the edge, and he didn't look out of place there at all, which is probably great news for the Raiders, obviously, with uh, Harry Weir and I. Obviously, we hope uh, all goes there well with him there. With Hudson Young being in origin, it means they do have someone capable of sticking out on edge whilst Whitehead is out. So, yeah, 85 points. All the owners have absolutely cashed in this week. Yeah, yeah, I was a little bit wondering how he was going to go on the edge, but man, he was a killer, and I think cutting all that hair off, he's probably made it an inch, an inch quicker, eh? So, nah, he looked good there and didn't definitely didn't look out of place, so uh, yeah, nah, I might have to look at bringing him in, he's someone I don't own yet. Uh, he, and he Rich... up, he, well, I was just going to say, he brings up an interesting conundrum for me, because I've got a no-ranger policy, but uh, now that he's no longer a ranger, I might be able to get him into my team. <laughs> I maybe heard heard the comment and thought, oh, he's going to make my team. So yeah, he's back on the table now as a as a bona fide just a baldy. Oh, so what if his hair grows back? Are you keeping him or what? Yeah, it's a sell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Richie, your your stud uh, Chance had a had a killer game at the back and probably a bit worried there when he went off with that HIA, but he returned, scored a median, just carried on. He looked great. Someone I didn't bring in this week, and I'm a bit annoyed because I went uh, I went Ponger instead. Yeah, uh, it's probably the first time this season I've had a player not 
uh, get a negative score. Uh, no negative stats involved at all. So uh, ran for 240 metres. So that's just beast base mode. Uh, there's 24 points right there. Eight tackle bus, and that was just his fast feet at the line. And, of course, mm. yeah, as you said, he, he got over for that late try. But he he definitely puts in 100%. He's really committed and just really looked good last night. And um, this is why I got him early doors, and it's good to finally get rewarded, and especially on a bye week when you need some good scores. So that was, uh, that was nice. Yeah, just pretty safe, eh? Like, you know, he's guaranteed, you know, 35-plus every week, and last night he kind of just went up to the next level. He looked, looked fantastic, even with that head knock. Now, I've gone with someone similar, and that's Scott Drinkwater. Um, just in 75 points, just, the cows aren't, you know, they're not going well, but um, he just looks awesome at the moment. He's setting up so much for their, for their outside batch. You know, he's putting on tries, he's scoring them. But not only that, he, you know, being an ex-half himself, he's got a pretty decent kicking game, so he, he can help out in general play with the kick in there. So I think that's, that's good for a fullback to have sort of, you know, those those attributes um, like that. And, and, you know, not to mention his attacking stats are right up there. You know, he he's probably the cow's best, and he, he's just someone that whenever he gets the ball, he looks dangerous, and he always can create something out of nothing, um, you know. So we saw that on... on, on um, the other night uh, when they lost, but he was just he was just in the play and everything, and I'm pretty happy I picked him up a few weeks back and, and pretty an important player you want to have going over these buy rounds because he doesn't miss too many. So um, if you haven't got him, he's probably someone you really want to uh, to get in soon as before his price starts going north. Um, so we'll get into some questions here. Um, one here from Matthew David, and I'll go straight to you here, uh, Jace. What's a good score for this week, given 13-player cap? Now, I do know there were some pretty big scores this week, and some a lot, most of the players people had actually went quite well. Yeah, it's a good question, Kyle. I think there's a question that we got on the Wednesday show. Maybe it's the Tuesday show. I apologise. Uh, but it was someone asked about what's the break between the gun plays that you have and the not-so-gun plays. And usually for most coaches in this round, it'll be eight to nine guns or decent scorers and then three or four hopefuls so i think if you look at that logic if you had a full 13 yeah it's 14 scores you're 13 players plus a captaincy score you're you know hoping for a 45 plus average so if you're getting above <coughs> 700 that's probably par for the serious overall players because you know, there's a lot of head-to-head players that you know, wouldn't care about round 13 you know yep. if you're getting 750 or above you're absolutely laughing but yeah anything you know high 600s i wouldn't be too disappointed with yeah, yeah, it's just one of those rounds where everyone just seemed to go off, and and most of those players were, were players that the most of those top ranked guys would have had. So yeah, Matt, Matt probably yeah, seven hundred plus is, is on par for this round. Maybe if you win any, anything more, then you're probably making some ranks. Uh, one here from Hens uh, Kalolo, Mitch Moses looking like a set and forget keeper this year. Yeah, I've got him, and oh, I haven't been disappointed. I got him in uh, a week before he got that hundred, and then since then he's he's kicked on. Obviously. Um, the week before last, he was a little bit lower, but still put a good score up. And then this week, he went well again. You know, he just he's the director around, you know. And and, and it's funny because him and Dylan Brown both posted pretty good scores. So it kind of tells me you probably wouldn't be too going too wrong if you had both. But I just don't know if that's probably an option. So you do have to choose one or the other. And for me, it's, it is probably Mitchell Moses, just a little bit more uh, uh, running the show and, and takes the general play kicking and all that sort of stuff. So I think he's probably one you want to hit. But yeah, definitely for me, someone that I'll be definitely looking to hold on to unless there's any sort of major injury. Um, are we getting intros for Kyle's return? Dolphins intros for Kyle's return? Not tonight, bro. I'll keep Jason away from those buttons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Bilson Manhul, 
Now, I'll give this one to you there, Rich. Uh, Crossland and Kato ourselves. Uh, Crossland didn't lately look too bad tonight. What do you think, Rich? Uh, I don't own him. He definitely was gassed at the end of the game. He's not an 80-minute um, hooker. And so uh, I was just trying to quickly find what he scored. I'm sure someone will beat me to that one. But as for Katoa, Katoa is a sell. He's, he's run his race. He's earned his money. He's done his job. He played the buy round that we needed. And he will be uh, sold by most teams within the next week or two, I would I'd assume. There's no upside in keeping him any longer. Um, as for Crossland, 49 it probably says that he's going to last a little bit longer than mm. um, he's got the buy this week. And I don't see a lot of trading really having to happen this week. Um, so yeah, I would hold Crossland, sell Katoa. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, we'll just go here from Tane, Jason. We were speaking about this one off air with um, damn any bench players. Now we were sort of, talking just before we went on air about it's looking like those bench players scores have been added into the overall scores this week but we were sort of saying just before lockout they probably look to just remove any bench player scores um, before the game unlocks ready for the next round was that what you were sort of um, talking about before eh, Jace? Yeah more or less Kyle it's similar to the 18th man that we have this year so as you know we've got mm. the 18th man that gets included in the live scoring as a zero and then at the end of the game they're still included as a zero because they are more of a chance of actually getting on the field this year with only two HIAs unlocking their yeah. ability to enter the field. So it'll be the same thing with that, where they tidy that up just before lockout lifts and they turn yep. those zeros for the 18th men's into DNPs and then you get the proper loop. It'll be the same here. So if you've got any players that are overlaps of positions that you've got a full complement for and you're starting 13, those scores will come out. So keep that in mind with your head-to-head -head and with your overall ranks as well. I think you'll find that if you've just had those 13 scorers score this week, your rank might slide up just a slight bit before lockout uh, lifts but if you've had a couple of those counted in your score you might just drop back a little bit and that'll be yeah. the same for 13 16 and 19 because i can't see nrl fantasy changing their scoring mechanisms for three rounds when there's another what 15 or so to go yeah yep sweet so i hopefully tame that answers your question mate that looks like what is going to happen mate uh, just a word from the sponsors, uh, GDS, create, coach, compete in fantasy footy for free with Game Day Squad. It's your skill, your squad, your fantasy, so play now. Open free new player packs each week and build your ultimate squad. It's fun, it's free, and it's easy. Compete and play now for free at gamedaysquad.com.au or download the app. All right, we'll go straight into our duds and Jay Warrior. Uh, man, we just spoke about Isaiah Katawa, 15 points, mate. Didn't really look too good in that Dolphins win. Uh... No, he didn't. He looked very average, and I think he's he played the game with an injury, and of course that that wasn't going to help. So um, playing injured, and also we find with any young player that as the season goes on, they tend to have a little bit of a drop off, sort of natural attrition anyway. Uh, so yeah, he's going to get upgraded to twenty one anyway. That's that old um, footy statistics versus NRL dot com. So if you've got him. Hold, hold strong, you're getting another six points, so just relax. <laughs> six never know, mate, it might help. Yeah, oh, it'll, it'll help me. Oh, especially, <laughs> you've got him, haven't you, Jace? Uh, Katoa? No, I sold him uh, for round 12 for Lomax. Well, I might be able to get you on updates then, because uh, yeah, there's another six. So, uh, so yeah, <laughs> five, five missed tackles is going to hurt, so um, yeah, he's a sell. He's got to be 
get rid of 42 percent still own them so that's a a, mm. a hefty uh lot of owners and especially when 60 percent of the top 100 own them so i would say he will be the most sold out player this week yeah that would have hurt too uh well we'll go into straight into my one this is matt tomoko he's been scoring pretty well of late but a 15 last week and now 14 this week especially in a raiders win where he actually was pretty heavily involved he did start off really slowly in the negatives which you know, probably didn't help him, but he was pretty well heavily involved that sort of second part of the first half and most of the second half. He was he was busy, made a few run meters, and he'd looked good, but just didn't emulate to points uh, in, for- in fantasy, unfortunately. Um, just one of those things with centers, they do tend to be a bit up and down, and for Matty Tomoko, his last couple of weeks probably haven't been quite uh, quite as good as his first sort of eight to ten weeks. So um, he's obviously a hold, but yeah, just my dud this week. It just didn't kind of go as well as, as he has been in the last few weeks. Uh, Jason, yours, Kai Weeks, just finished about 25-odd points, mate. You're done. wasn't even 25 points. It was 18 points for KO Weeks. <laughs> so just for the benefit of those Kiwis that don't know what KO Sports is, it's basically our subscription service for you know, most of your sport over here. And that's pretty much what KO should change his name to because for the first 10 minutes, he was outstanding. And then after that, he was buffering for the last 70 minutes. He was on about 11 after 10 minutes after he made a great run off, off a set restart where he... Got a couple of tackle busts in there. And then after that, he just didn't quite fall into the attacking line. I don't think Josh Schuster helped him a lot because pretty much whenever he gave him the ball, which wasn't very often, it was when both of them were stationary and the defensive line was set, so there wasn't much for him to do. And a couple of missed tackles on Greg Marju, which is no shame in that because I've seen middle forwards that weigh 120 kilos miss one-on-one with Marju. So no shame there, but 18. The issue we've got here with weeks is, is that he's got to buy next week. And most people that would own him have owned him for several weeks. Yeah, from like round six or seven onwards. <laughs> and they've got a score out of him against the Titans, which was like 23, which wasn't great. He got an 18 this week. He's got a bye this week. And for round 16, winger fullback and halves actually look pretty easy to fill. So he actually might be one that's on the chopping block this week. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, not great for anyone who owns KO Weeks. Yeah, what are your thoughts, Jace, with sort of his performance and Garrick on the wing? Do you think they might look at putting Garrick back to fullback? Or do you think they'd be pretty happy with the way Garrick went on the wing there and the way Kai Weeks went at fullback? I think when you look at it, having weeks at fullback, it allows Garrick to stay on that left wing for the whole season, which I think is their best team when Tommy Turbo's back. And I think what yeah, you sure. want from weeks as well is we know with Tom Travojevic that you know he's not bulletproof in terms of his hamstrings and lower legs. Mm. And you know, God forbid there was an injury that happened that crept him out for maybe one or two weeks later in the season. You probably just prefer to slot weeks into one and have Garrick stay out on that left edge and build the combo with Parker on that left edge there. So, yeah, look, maybe I'm saying that selfishly as a Weeks owner that it stays in the team, but I think that's probably the way that Manly going to go with yep. Weeks being more of a natural fullback than Garrick. Yep, yep. All right, another word from our sponsor, James AI, Australia's first AI investing application for shares and ETFs. Learn more at james.com. That's J-A-A-I-M-S app.com. In the coming weeks, we'll have eight tickets to a fully catered event at Roosters vs Storm Round 20. Game to give away courtesy of James, so stay in touch with the socials to win and come and join TK and the boys. I think uh, Paddy's looking forward to to getting there now. He missed out on Magic Round, so I think that'll be his Magic Round, his Magic Game, and and look out for him and and TK there. so um, go along, join the guys at the game uh, if you're lucky enough to win a ticket there, and I believe there's already been one winner. Now we'll get into some more questions here. There's, there aren't quite a lot of them tonight. Um, Jason, to you, mate. I was planning on, oh, sorry, Jordan Tawalai. Uh, I was planning on holding 
uh, sorry, holding three origin players, Hines, Walsh, and Haas. But now with news about Haas' leg issues during New South Wales training, should I trade him? He may get reduced minutes or rested in some games. Now, I don't think there was too much issue with Haas. It was just a, a precautionary uh, measure that they took him away from training, Jason. Yeah, that's exactly right. It was a light ankle sprain which kept him out of that session, but in reality, it's not going to stop him from playing uh, on Wednesday. And I believe he trained today. I think the club, uh, sorry, the club, the State of Origin squad trained today, and I don't think there's any issues there. I think with Haas, yeah, look, he's probably going to get reduced minutes in rounds 14, 17, and 20, which isn't, you know, too much to worry about. We know Haas is a PPM player and he's very mm. capable of getting a couple offloads, a couple of TBs, going at a point per minute 50. Even if he scored, say, 45, 50, and 55 in those three games, mm. he'll still exit the Origin series in the low mid 800s, which, if you currently own him, is not too much of an impost. So, as we've seen with a lot of chaos happening, I'd probably just hold Haas until it's quite clear that you know he's not going to back up multiple times. Yeah, I think we've all made that pretty clear here at Talking League to hold uh, especially Payne Haas being that best middle. You know, if you, you get rid of him, he's going to be too hard to try and get back a bit later. So I think he's someone you definitely have to hold on to. One here from you, uh, for you there, uh, Rich. Host to who? Downgrade to Metcalf or anyone else? Also, I'd like to get Tarpany in. Would Walsh be, uh, to Tarpany be sideways? What are your thoughts there, uh, uh, Rich? Uh, yeah, I think we're going to avoid Metcalf at this stage. Mm. He's still coming back from injury. He has had a major hamstring injury, and they do have um, high repeat uh, injury strains, so I wouldn't go near it. Plus, you've got the uncertainty whether Tamari Martin just walks straight back into the team because he's due back. So avoid Metcalf. Um, who could you get? Uh, if you don't need anyone next week, but you can wait. Finu tonight looked really good. I think he got 46, and at 220, he'll obviously go up to about 235, 240. He could be the solution because we'd love to get another 220k player from Manly, because um, the last one worked out so well. So, um, yeah. <laughs> um, Tarpany to Walsh, would it be sideways? It's an interesting one, because we know the wing fullback situation is pretty sketchy, maybe is the best way to describe it. Um, so getting rid of a solid scorer in Walsh um, to Tarpany, it's an interesting option. Um, and again, without knowing the full look of your squad, it's pretty hard to say, pull the trigger on that or hold off. But um, yeah, I think just remember, you might be chasing waterfalls because this is Tarpany's best week. And um, although he did accelerate towards the end of last year, so maybe, but give him another mm. another week or two yeah. before you make that decision. Yeah, just something to be aware with with Tarpany as well. His minutes were inflated with uh, uh, CHN's injury, obviously. So that's the reason he did get the big minutes. But he was doing pretty good. So um, just be aware of that, that his minutes were slightly inflated than normal due to that uh, that horrible injury to CHN. And as I said, we wish him all the best. Uh, Matt Pittman, any news on Joe O's injury? Jace, have you seen anything about his injury? Matt, I know it was a calf injury. I haven't seen any sort of time frames yet. Has anyone seen anything on that? I haven't yet, but I imagine Parra's probably going to pace it because they've got the bye this week, so uh, nothing as of yet. Yeah, Roger. Uh, someone think here from Mr. Nell. Rich, are you going to be a referee, mate? I hadn't heard anything about this. What's going on there? Uh, it might have been today when I was at the airport. I bumped into Ben Cummings, and he was sitting there with his other touch judge mate, 
and I might have just asked, uh, it'd be good if they could get um, the chip into the ball so we could rule on forward passes. Um, and the little wing, uh, the little uh, linesman chirped up pretty quick. He said, oh, uh, it wasn't Ford. So I don't know which one. So coming. So he was flying Nelson to Christchurch and then Christchurch over to Sydney. And uh, oh. he, he was a rooster, actually. I had a, had a chat to him and uh, we were laughing about the comments from the uh, Vodafone owner, uh, sponsor. <laughs> and uh, yeah. He took it all in good stride and said he's heard far worse, so he uh, he wasn't too concerned. So he's a good rooster. So, but no, I won't be taking up refereeing. I think uh, TK will be a bit gutted, mate. I'm sure he was an ex-referee. So, <laughs> um, right, we'll go straight in, Jace. Well, uh, your rabbitos obviously obviously went down last night. Uh, what were a couple of sort of takeaways you had from from them, mate? Um, a couple of standout players or anything that you sort of thought they did all right? Well, we'll get the obvious out of the way first. Yes, South had some Origin players out, but hey, that's that's what happens when you have Origin players. You have them from all the other rounds, so that's not an excuse at all. Uh, in terms of the Raiders, probably more focus on them. They've won, I believe, five of their last six and have looked really, really sharp. And mm. in the middle, they just dominated us in that first 20. They were strolling through, which was kind of awkward for me because South were getting absolutely pummeled, but my three Raiders players were cashing in <laughs> points. All three of them were just absolutely carving up. And that set the tone for most of that first half where the Raiders were all over us and then we got a little bit of momentum towards the back end and put a couple of tries away and that's why Timoko scored so poorly is because our left edge was dynamic so we scored what three or four tries down that edge and he got missed tackles on pretty much all of them so yeah it wasn't great the two main differences were the middle starting off for the Raiders and goal kicking as well obviously uh, Tootsie didn't miss a shot he had six from six I believe or maybe he shanked one actually you know he did shank one whereas Taff missed a couple of easier shots which in the end, same amount of tries scored, lose by six, uh, mm. lose by seven points. Of course, because Fogarty got the uh, field goal at the end, so probably nothing too much to worry about for South. Two losses in a row isn't great, but I think we need to remember that, like the Eels and the Broncos, there's three buys coming up for South, and that's weeks mm. when opponents that are in around that top four are going to lose games. Be a good good time for them to get a buy coming up. So probably they're probably looking forward to that. And as you said, you know, without their their big their big middles, they yeah, you're right. They did struggle a little bit. Eh? I mean, they did a job, but just not quite that that punch they have in the middle with you know the losses of Murray Arrow and uh, and and with Tommy Burgess not there as well. They're just missing a little bit up the middle, way. Eh? Yeah, a little bit. But like I said, you know, that's not that's no excuse for mm. South at the end of the day. Yep. Canberra are a better team, and you know, I think. Yeah, as a South supporter, I can't begrudge Canberra going and winning that game. I mean, watching one of their teammates, one of their close mates, be motionless on the ground like that would have been very distressing. And for them to come out after that, play the final 15, and be with the team is a real high character. And you know, all credit to the Raiders for getting the two points. Yeah, yep, fair, fair call, mate, fair call. Now, Rich, we'll go on to the Warriors game. And uh, Jason acknowledged that the Raiders were better than uh, the Rabbitohs. Were the Broncos better than us? Um, to tell you the truth, it was hard to see the game from where I was. <laughs> I think I asked you if you had your binos. Um, I'll just I'll just make a few comments about the game since I was there. First of all, it probably should never be played there again. The ground is a cricket ground, and so mm. and it's also a bad cricket ground. And New Zealand does a very good job of having bad fields for two sports rather than just have one good ground for each. Sport. So. 
and uh, McLean Park is long and skinny, and so the embankment down one end it is a long look all the way down to the far end. And then even the pitch, mm. they didn't put it in the centre. They put it towards one stand. So one stand had a really good seats. The other stand still didn't have great seats. So it's not great in that sense. Um, I actually thought the Warriors played pretty well. The Broncos' defence in desperation was awesome. They held us up or prevented tries maybe four, four times. Yeah, yeah, it was four decent try saves. Yeah, and then obviously we didn't help ourselves at the end when, you know, uh, Montoya probably scores regardless of what um, yes. Pompey's doing. So I actually thought we played fine and should have won. I, it was disappointing. Um, another, It's probably the second game this year that I've thought these are the games you have to win and to lose them is disappointing and it probably just shows where we're at in our, um, in our journey at the stage. Um, so, yeah, it... I didn't think we played super poor, but yeah, as I say, it wasn't wasn't a great experience. The pitch invaders were just absolute clowns. Um, but although there was heaps of people there, fifteen thousand, and yep. a lot of people had merch on, the atmosphere was really poor. And I think it was because you didn't feel connected to the game a lot of the time. Yep. And so yep. there was the only time they went off was for that final try, and it was too late because it wasn't didn't count. But um, yeah, and some of those pitch invaders, they've probably cost themselves any chance of going back there. So, yeah, it's a bit mm-hmm. disappointing. Yeah, from from, a, from me watching it on TV, I thought, yeah, that, that arm wrestle, the first sort of 20, 25 minutes was strong, you know, both teams back and forth. It was actually a quite an entertaining game, you know, uh, back end, end to end, you know, and the, the Broncos did really well. Those try-saving tackles they made were, were fantastic, but I, I do agree with what you said, Rich, that play at the end of the game, I think, it didn't need to be ha- didn't need to happen, and, and and Montoya probably would have scored anyway. So it was a bit disappointing, and um, it is what it is. And we probably should have won, but we didn't. And we go to next week, and we carry on. And you know, there's no one really to blame but ourselves. We made too many errors, and and we probably didn't, didn't finish sets that we uh, you know that we have been. We there's some couple of really poor fifth play options, and I think Metcalf's got a bit of work to do. Just you know, uh, probably a bit of confusion there with some of those fifth tackle plays with him in and around the ball. So you just got to get used to the way the boys are. Playing and that'll come, but it depends how long it takes because uh, Timothy Mata might be back pretty soon. So it'll be interesting to see where Metcalf lands. Um, I don't think he did badly, but there's definitely a lot of work to do. Um, so I just don't think him and Sean clicked too well. But we lost the game and got really no one else to blame, unfortunately. So we'll we'll head on to next week and try and pick up two points next week against an informed Dolphins. Right, we'll go to some more questions, and I'll take this one here. Wittemu Greg from uh, Kyle Taylor. Now he's someone that oh, I've been pretty in, pretty. I've been sort of watching him the last few weeks, and he on uh, their game the other night, he actually played really well. He his effort plays were outstanding. He just every time he got the ball, he was charging like a raging bull, you know. And he looked really good. He scored a meaty, and just uh, each week he's getting better and better. And um, he's definitely got a bit of money to make. I think he had like a 9 BE and he scored 51. So there's a bit of money to be made there for him. And he, he's coming along pretty well. And now with Joe O looking like he's going to be gone for a little bit, it's sort of still hard to know how long he's out for. He could actually get a few more minutes. I think he played about 46 minutes or 45 minutes. So um, he looked good and someone that I've definitely been interested in. So just keep an eye out for him, mate, and, and, and have a look to see what um, Parramatta's bench looks like um, after their buy round because he may get a few more minutes. Um, what else we got? Let's see on there. Um, 
Yeah, one here from Jordan Gibbons, SJ a hold. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely think he's a hold. He's had one bad game. No, he didn't even have a bad game. He still scored 45. And the Warriors, they, as I said, he wasn't as active as he has been. He still scored 45. I think you'd be crazy to sell SJ considering the amount of trades. If you've got a, still got a heap of trades left, then maybe. But I don't think – I think it's a wasted trade. I think he's someone you definitely did help, hold, especially coming into those big buy rounds. Um. I think I, commented, I think I commented the other week that I thought Metcalf could potentially hurt his fantasy <laughs> but help the Warriors long term. So yep. maybe that's just the case, but mm. uh, he didn't seem to run the ball as much last night either. So um, you can't expect 70s every yep. week from SJ, you know, so. Yep, fair yeah, fair enough. And, and another point as well that I think I made in the group chat after about because tw- I was watching SJ like a hawk. He was the only player I had in, the, in that game and he was my captain. So 39 is not great, but. After about 30, 35 minutes, the Warriors' completion percentage was 56%, which yeah. is absolutely atrocious. And as a half, that is the absolute nightmare scenario because you're not getting kick meters, you're not getting potential repeat sets, you're not getting down the field to potentially you know, put in bombs or grubbers that might go for force dropouts or try assists. And you know, he had three kicks that all could have easily ended up being try assists. There was one where Rocco Berry almost scored a great save from Sailor. There was oh. the one where Waiteni Zelezniak was flying through and tried to catch it about... 10 centimetres off the ground, dropped it. And then there was the other one where he landed on the touchline. So, yeah, it just wasn't a game that went for him. But, you know, 39 when the game doesn't go for SJ, that's a pretty good base considering what we saw Nico Hines do at Magic Round. Yeah, yep, fair call. Now, here's an interesting one for you, Jason. I'm going to go straight to you with one with this one from Kirk. Oh, sorry, from Crick. Thoughts Kirk Turner. Bird. Yeah, Kirk, sorry. Uh, thoughts on Jack Bird? Is he a trade? Right, so just for the benefit of the listener, so I'm Dolphin season ticket holder, so I go to the Redcliffe games as well as the ones at Suncorp, and I sit about six rows back from the opposition bench at Redcliffe, so I see anything that happens on the bench, and mention this to NRL Physio on Friday night, oh, Thursday night, sorry, that Bird came off straight away, and the Physio went straight to him and started doing a couple of tests on his right knee, and you could see on his facial expression he wasn't the happiest uh, like, that must have been okay, because he went straight on the bike machine for the rest of the second half and was there till the 75th minute and sat down. So it does indicate that that cartilage issue that he has from having cartilage taken out in pre-season is concerning him a little bit. Mm. I think with him, like, I don't, personally don't own him, but if I owned him, I'd be giving him three dates with the first one having been the game just gone because he's got round yep. 14, round 15, then a buy in round 16. And if he's mm. not mm. playing the 80 out for good reasons in round 14 and 15 you may look to move on. But we've seen this year, he's incredibly fantasy relevant. He's one of those players that can do a crab run that's worth 12 points in you know 20 <laughs> seconds. He's not the centre that you want to sell unless you absolutely have to. So I reckon for all bird owners, you've had date one on Thursday night, date two, round 15, over 14, date three, round 16, and we'll see what comes of it because I think he should be right to play this week. Uh, but yeah, concerning he didn't play the 80. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could affect him during the week with his training output too. You know, they might lessen his training load just to try and help him recover during the week. So it may mean he may not get as much training in the week. But if he doesn't train too much on the week and plays well on the weekend, then good for everyone that has him, I guess. Um, now, here's another one here. This is someone else that is really interesting that no one has spoken about. It's Jacob Little. Massive. I think he's got 82 points. Um what are we thinking about him going forward? Do we wait and have a look at Turpin? Because this uh, Dylan needs a round 15 hooker for uh, Reese Robson. Now, Jay Warrior, have you had a look at Jacob Little at all, mate? Uh, as soon as the coach changed, and it was obviously that the, the new fill-in coach decided that he was going to be the halfback, 
I definitely looked at him, but when he got 34 in that first round, um, I just sort of went, oh, it's probably not for me. So, And he only played 54 minutes in the first round, and then this week he played 73 minutes. Uh, if he had played 73 minutes the first in round 12, I would have definitely been looking at him because I had a similar issue where I need that same hooker, and most people who have Robson are going to be looking for a hooker in that round. So uh, 78 this week, and he's priced... He was priced at four thirty-four, I think it was, before this round. So obviously he reached his BE, so he's probably up around the four fifty. I think you'd struggle for him not to get an average of forty to forty-five, which means he he'll make you a little bit of money and cover round fifteen. So he could be a shout. I guess the only problem is is how many um, how many dragons do you want in your team because you've probably yep. got a couple of back rowers. Yep. Yep. True that. Um, right, we'll go to one here from our man who's missing tonight. It's Big Timmy. Uh, Jason. Let's, let, let's just reaffirm why he's not here, though, because we he's called you out last week. You had post-traumatic stress disease. <laughs> <I'm looping. laughs> but the truth is that Tim could have come, but he decided he wanted to go to a musical. You know, so Oh, that's on. what it was. Come on, yeah. about A musical about drag queens, just to top it off as well, so... <laughs> We're looking forward to the uh, review next week. So, big uh, metrosexual Tim, we're looking forward to that review next week. It'll be interesting, mate. Good rundown, mate. Make sure you give us a good write-up. Now, he wants to know uh, our mate Samuel Afainu, I think he's meaning. Uh, not bad for a rookie at 220k. Now, I didn't uh, see a lot of this game, but I believe he actually didn't go too badly. So, yeah, he might not be a bad-looking uh, Tim, but just remember he's on the bye next week, so you probably want to wait until the following week. Uh, right, one here from Kyle Taylor. Big Red, get DPP if he plays the next three games at second row? I believe he I probably will. I don't think he will, no. because uh, he is filling at back rower as a backfill. He's not. It's not a tactical thing. There was no whitehead and no young this week. That's the reason he's at 12. I would be stunned if they gave it to him. Don't get me wrong, I'd love that because I own him, and that would be fantastic <laughs> for round yeah. 19, which I think I have issues at edge. But no, he shouldn't. If they're consistent with the likes of Madison and who is the other one I was thinking of? Oh, Adam Dewey, for example, where they're backfilling a position, no, they generally don't get it. So if they're consistent, Horsburgh shouldn't get DPP. If he was to get it, he'd get it in the final um, change because we've got DPPs coming out next week. So Correct. Um, yeah, so he'll get it in the final one if he played enough, enough games. But Cool. Uh, right, who else we got? One here from Blair. Who's a good trade under 700k for Jackson Ford? Um, let me have a think. Well, at the moment, I think if you're looking for someone who under 700k for Jackson Ford, depending on who you need, if you want a mid, you probably want to have a look at Tohu Harris. He's still going to be uh, just under that 700k. I think he opened up at 671 this week. Um, so he'll be in and around that 700k. So I think he's probably a, a perfect opportunity to, to grab Tohu before he continues to go north in price, mate. I think he's probably one of your better picks. Uh, Jace or uh, Rich, have you guys got any other thoughts around that 700k, Mark, for, for Jackson Ford? I guess it depends if he's needing the edge part of Jackson yeah. Ford or the mid part. So if he was going mm -hmm. for an edge, um, I jumped back on the Cardi party this week. <laughs> um, he's got the good buy schedule and he's mm. priced it. Uh, just over 500 so 
Um, he's going to get good game time. He's got good job security uh, for until probably the next four weeks, five weeks. So um, he averaged, he's been averaging about 50 uh, when he starts. So for me, I'll take that at that price. I think that's pretty reasonable. Yeah, for sure. And Jace, anyone you've got in mind for around that 700k mid or Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll be looking at the edge, and I think what we need to look at is round 16 is the big buy coming up, but we have teams mm. now that have had two buys already, and one of those teams is the West Tigers. So you've got Isaiah Papali, who's just above 700, but you've also got John Bateman, who's at 685k, who's the one I'm eyeing off because, again, I need to go the cheaper options. And what I like about Bateman is, yeah, he got 65 with a try in his last game, but with that try, he probably only got 10 points from me. It. it was a catch and draw from Buller, I believe, so he got 20 metres and a dived over for the try. But yep. average 50... He's building nicely. He started quite slowly, of course, you know, coming back from that leg issue. So Johnny Bateman would be my go in that. Just be aware of your round 17 numbers of your own Hines. Yeah, nice. Uh, what else we got here? We'll do a couple more guys and then we'll, uh, we'll call it a night. Um, just while you're looking for that, uh, Kyle, I just want to give a couple of shout-outs to some folks I met up in Napier. So I met uh, Jake Hazard uh, and Willie Roberts. I actually stayed with Willie Roberts. He's a friend of a friend of mine. And uh, after the game, uh, we met up back at the pub because he was in the stand. And uh, he said, oh, we've got some friends uh, having a hungy. I was thinking it's 10.30 at night, but it sounds good. So off we trundled to this hungy, and uh, they were very hospitable, and it was a lovely evening. So thanks, uh, Willie. And uh, also... Uh, Aaron and Jake, who I uh, hitchhiked up with, didn't really hitchhike, a friend of mine as well, but, uh, went from Wellington up to them. <laughs> uh, we talked a lot of fantasy and uh, no, we, had, we had a good time. So uh, that was probably my highlight of my Napier trip, actually, was the people that I met up there, the lovely, lovely people. And um, yeah, it was also um, good for the community because they obviously went through all that flood, the flooding and that up there. So, uh, and you can still see the carnage up there. There's just parts mm. that are wiped out. So, yeah. Um, Hopefully they, they got to enjoy it. So uh, shout out yeah, to nice. the boys. Yeah. Right, we'll go here with this last question here from D Young. It's quite an interesting one here and one that's quite pertinent to the rounds coming up. Interested in your thoughts as to the best round 16 mids and wing fullback options with consideration to round 19 and the run home. So we sort of talked about this one off air and a couple of mids we sort of were struggling to try and decide on who we who we were, were pretty keen on. And I know one one man that popped up was James Fisher-Harris, but we just have to watch him for a couple more weeks. He just sort of hasn't quite been himself from his return from that knee injury. So he's definitely one you do want to have a look at. The other one is Dave Klimmer. Um, and again, another guy you want to just, just give a week or two just to have a look at. Um, moving into wing fullback, someone that I'm interested in is Dylan Edwards, and he's someone that I'm likely going to pick up next week. Um, so, yeah, he's someone that I'm pretty interested in. You've also got Buller and Drinkwater. So if you can have two or three of those, um, I think you're pretty well set. Jace, is that sort of what you were looking at too with regard to uh, Fisher-Harris? Yeah, more or less. Starting with the wing of fullbacks, I think most coaches probably aren't too far away from having a full complement there because if they own Joey Marnie, they could either have him in the centre as a wing of fullbacks. You've mm-hmm. got Buller, who should be a hold until then. Some people have now picked up Pogna. Some people have Weeks. You've also got Scotty Drinkwater who play there. So I don't think wing of fullbacks should be too much of an issue. If you haven't got Drinkwater, he might be one to pick up. He's going to be a, not necessarily expensive, but a lot more expensive than most coaches picked him up for. 
Mid is really, really tricky, and that's why I picked mm. up Hodgood this week to play him in the edge this week, and then around 16, flip him up to the mid, so then I can get yep. another edge to go with Hosking or whoever yep. else I pick up there. Yep. Yeah, you've got, obviously, Nass coming off that uh, rib issue, which, again, we don't want to get aggregated here, saying that he's a must-buy this week, but he's someone you might want to monitor this week and see how he goes with his minutes, because he had 10 tackle busts in his last game against the Dolphins, which is absolutely <laughs> insane, and he plays that 14-18 sweep, much like Fisher-Harris does, so mm. he's an interesting option. Yep. We're at McGreg that we spoke about before. I think he's probably tapped out most of his value, so he's probably going to be in and out, trade in, trade out, which you probably don't want to do. So I think, yeah, the likes of Clemmer, uh, unfortunately, offhand Gowie is uh, no longer available. But yeah, it'll be likes of Fisher-Harris, Esophis um, Elamona, and then probably a cheapy like Fighting was probably going to be the mix for most coaches that don't have Hopgood. Yep. I also yep. think that the the second part of that question he asked and the run home to season's end because I think he's seen the writing on the wall and gone, oh, yep. I'm going to be out of trade, so I can't make a trade for 16, 19, and then make another trade. So he's yep. trying to find who's my best options. And it's tough because if you've saved trade, you've got enough trade, other people are going to be bringing in origin stars who are going to outscore almost no yep. matter who you're in. So Yeah, that's right. We talk about saving trades, saving trades, saving trades, and we spin trades, spin trades, spin trades. So, yeah, there's going to be some people sprinting home, and there's going to be others like myself crawling home. So, yeah. Hoping for no injuries, suspensions, HIAs. <laughs> yeah. All by All <laughs> we'll get into the last. <laughs> we'll get into the last bit of the uh, the the pod here, and this is Richard's uh, favourite part of the pod, and it's telling everyone how we went this round. So what we'll do is we'll start with you, Richie, because you enjoy it so much. So let us know how you went and where you're sitting and any sort of trade plans you're looking at for next week, please. Yeah, uh, no, I'll just have it confirmed. I liked this part when I was going good. Now that I'm not so keen to share, eh? Yeah, no, I went, I went all right this week. 705, so it's uh, acceptable. Next week, uh, so that puts me up to 1,368 at this stage. I think I'll sneak up a few ranks with upgrades and the like yep. um, and then fixing that other issue. So hopefully I'll end up in the about 1,200. Um, next week's trades, Katoa's got to go out. He's the only hot sell. Yep. And I've also probably got the issue where I might have to sell... Burbo in order to have 17 because I've got two knights and two eels. So if I want to play 17, I have to make sure that I sell, do two more trades. So you can see the issues that we're all starting to have. Yep. 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 Yeah, it's going to be, it's pretty touch and go to try and field a full 13 or 17 every buy round, you know. So I think somewhere you just have to have to just decide, look, this week I'm just going to run 16 or this week I'm going to run 11 or 12 just to try and be careful that you don't earn all those trades. Although we are getting eight after the origin, we can't count on those eight just to finalise our teams. Uh, Jace, how about you, mate? How did you go? Yeah, so a score of 720, which you know, I guess there's parts of that that you're happy with and not happy with. I was very lucky in TLT and Origin News. I only really had Lockie Miller and Jaden Sewer get injured, whereas other coaches just got their whole team ripped apart with the likes of Walsh and <laughs> yeah. Frizzell ended up in, ending up in Origin. So happy on that yep. front. Uh, 720, SJ was my captain. So, hey, look, that happens. I took the risk, got it wrong, and you know still got over 700. That's all good. 
Mm. Uh, you know, I only had what one, two. I think I had four players below forty, and one of them was my captain, which is uh, always good fun. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. In terms of round fourteen, we have four confirmed red dots in Hopgood, Brown, Weeks, and Ponga. We've got three Origin players backing up in Tedesco, Haas, and Cleary. And let's be honest, Corey Hardy, where is not going to play this week. Uh, ideally, if the Raiders played later in the round, I'd maybe hold him just to see whether I actually need to trade a player in if I'm looking at fielding 17. Yep. But they play the first game, so I've got a call to make there. But uh, I think in terms of trades, I'm banking on using about four or five between now and 16 just to roll the team over from 16, get a couple of cashies out. K.O. Weeks is definitely on the chopping block for me. I don't yet own Cole Oluwapu. And yep. at this stage, I have a full complement of halves and winger fullback for round 16. So keeping weeks around probably doesn't really do me too much unless Turbo is going to get an injury. So yep. maybe we'll do that trade. Haruhi and I is on the chopping block. Uh, but unfortunately, with Nass not looking as good as I'd hope, probably have to wait and see. In terms of my rank, yep. I went from 4,076th to uh, Rich's year of birth, 1843. <laughs> <laughs> which, yeah, should slide up a little bit more. Some green yeah, arrows, should... though, which is important. Yeah, it should slide up a little bit more. Again, with that issue, I don't have any players sitting on the bench, so that'd probably end up being maybe high 1700s, which uh, yeah, yeah, I can't nice. complain when there's two more major buy rounds to go. Yep. Now, I finished with a 7-1-7. Um, it looks like those scores that anyone on the bench has been removed, Jace. Uh, I was on around about 7.35 before we come in here. I'm now back to that 7-1-7, uh, and I've moved up from 2,500, and I'm now into uh, 15.41 pending any updates. Um, next week, I'm just, oh, I've still got Reese Walsh and I still have Ben Travojevic, unfortunately. Uh, I'm just going to have a look and see if Walshy backs up. Um, now, the Bronx don't play until, until Saturday night, but, you know, with him being his first origin, he may get knocked around a little bit and I, I, I dare say he will be targeted. So I'm just not too sure if he's going to back up. So I have Hopefully to have a look. He's knocked around too much and Ponga has to come in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, um, yeah, yeah. Hopefully as a blinder. Another thing this week regarding Ponga, and I was um, I originally during the week I had Robson and, and Chans in as my two trade-ins this week. Uh, I had I made four, but those were two of them, and I ended up going back to Cook and Ponga. So I'm a little bit dirty on that. That both guys that I looked to bring in scored well better than the two I ended up bringing in. So I'm a little bit dirty on that, but I just think overall Cook will be the better option. Um, so yeah, I'm looking next week uh, possibly to go Walsh to Dylan Edwards now that uh, Panthers have had two buys. Uh, I think that uh, Dylan Edwards is going to be pretty busy um, just with regard to them missing a few of those origin players. When they do, he's going to be uh, you know, uh, asked to be to to put in a bit more work than he already does. So I think that could could help. Um, bit of a pot under ten percent. So he's he, it's probably the only trade I'm looking at next week and looking at playing with sixteen rather than the seventeen. Uh, just looking to just hold a few trades there. Just um, back to the Ponga thought. Uh, <laughs> I think most of the boys at the Talking League brought him in this week, and I brought him in against my own better judgment. I just knew it's not a yep. good trade because of the high risk, but I didn't want to miss the uh, fun. So uh, TK <laughs> made a good comment. He said he now knows what it's like to have children because you're, you're watching going, don't hurt my boy, don't hurt my boy. <laughs> and you almost like an old lady to run onto the uh, field with a shoe and to sort of whack uh, Saab when you hit him in the head, like, you don't touch Ponga. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty nerve-wracking because he got hit in the head three times, and each time yeah. you go, is he okay? Get up, get up. No, you're all right. Don't. And he's just... And then, 
the bunker obviously <laughs> had him in uh, fantasy as well because they never got him off for an HIA, and I've seen uh, far worse one, uh, far uh, lesser ones get called off. So you know, yep. it's uh, it's definitely going to be a fun ride with Ponga. The HIA <laughs> magnet, I think I'm going to call him now. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that's pretty much us for for Sunday night. Um, have a good week, everybody, um, and we'll we'll talk to you next week. Um, we've got uh, the Tuesday show coming up, uh, and TK will release his playbook uh, sometime tomorrow. So be out on be um, out. Get ready for that one to come out, and uh, the boys will follow up on Tuesday. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks. Thanks, Rob. See you, Jason.